Why has Triple H been so successful? Why is Triple H running WWE better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard on Monday and Friday night? Long-term booking. Thank you so very much for joining me right here on Off The Script. This is your Friday Night Smackdown post show for March 10th, 2023. I'm your host, JD, from New York. As always, coming to you live from the OTS venue. Thank you guys so very much for joining me on your Friday evenings, wherever you may be, man. So many people asking me tonight. So many people asking me tonight. I thought you were supposed to be at House of Glory. As if you guys are not happy that I'm here live for you tonight. While my broadcast partner, Monster, unfortunately can't be live, I'm here to be the guy to give you the breakdown of SmackDown. Yes, I was supposed to be at House of Glory tonight, but we were told that we did not need commentary for the show tonight. Because the show was not streamed on Fight TV. And instead of lugging my shit all the way over there and uprooting my shit to the NYC arena, whatever they film from tonight's show, I can get and record commentary right where you're sitting, right here. So it's okay. I'm live. I would much rather be live if everything is the way that it should be. It's a different story, but... Tonight, I'm live, and I hope that everybody had a great fucking show. Jason was over there doing commissioner work. He's the commissioner of House of Glory. He's got shit going on with Charles Mason. We're trying to get rid of Charles Mason. Everything is good. Everything is good. But if I am not needed, because I'm not the commissioner, if I'm not needed and there's no commentary and he's not doing commentary, why not? Why not? So I'm here for you guys, and that's the explanation, and that's all there really is to it. SmackDown. SmackDown. Now I got Hodge. Hodge, I just got your text, bro. No, I, I was going to do the show tonight, but they didn't need comment. I'll text you after the show, bro, because it'll be on the West Coast. It'll be, uh, it'll be uh, party time for you. It'll be bedtime for me when the show's over. Uh, shout out to my guy, Hodge. Um, SmackDown tonight. SmackDown tonight. Uh, we had a decent show. We had a decent show. The whole premise of tonight's show was basically two things. Hearing the Jay Uso explanation on why he turned on Sami Zayn and finding a number one contender for the Intercontinental Championship and my guy Gunther at WrestleMania. We'll start off with the Intercontinental Championship being that really nothing happened outside of the ordinary with Jay Uso because there was no Roman Reigns, there was no Kevin Owens, and Sami Zayn and Cody Rhodes continued to form some type of bond to go against the bloodline going into WrestleMania. We'll talk about that in just a little bit, but I want to talk about the Intercontinental Championship situation. A lot of people, before all of this kind of was set in motion, oh, we need Gunther and Brock Lesnar. Oh, we need that mega match to happen at WrestleMania. 
Believe it or not, I was never on board with Gunther and Brock Lesnar right now happening at WrestleMania. It's not the right match. It's not the right time. It, it just didn't feel right at all in every aspect for that match to take place right now. I understand why people are excited about it. I understand why people want to see it. But right now is not the time. The only people that wanted that match to happen are reckless bookers, reckless armchair bookers who sit in the comfort of their mother's basement and don't know any better and clearly have not been watching the WWE product. Sheamus is the guy. Sheamus is the guy. Sheamus was always the guy. Sheamus is your next intercontinental champion, whether you want to agree with that or not. Now, WWE's got a few weeks left to go before WrestleMania. We got three weeks left to go till WrestleMania. I figured we would get some sort of solid answer coming out of tonight, and we would get the announcement made. But WWE has three weeks of television left, and they're going to ride this thing up until the very end. We got a fatal five-way tonight. That included Karrion Cross, Drew McIntyre, Sheamus, L.A. Knight, and Xavier Woods filling in for Kofi Kingston, who reportedly is going to be out for five weeks. Coming out of that brawl last week, injured his leg. These five men were battling for the number one contendership. And all of the possible scenarios that we came up with, it actually happened tonight in the Fatal Five-Way. The one thing that a lot of us in the community pitched was Sheamus and Drew McIntyre pinning either the same guy together or two individual performers in the match at the same time. And that's exactly what Triple H and WWE Creative went and did tonight. Drew McIntyre pinned LA Knight and Sheamus pinned Xavier Woods at the same time. And they were both declared the winner of the Fatal Five-Way. So we had two winners coming out of the match tonight. Later on in the show, Gunther went up to Adam Pearce and said, I'd love to know who I'm wrestling at WrestleMania. We were supposed to find a singular competitor, a singular challenger, not plural, for the Intercontinental Championship. Now, Gunther's not the type of guy to back down from a challenge. If you throw both of these guys at Gunther, I'm sure he would go in there and do whatever you ask him to do. He would wrestle both of them because the honor of the Intercontinental Championship is so important to him. If you ask Gunther to wrestle both of these guys on separate nights, he'd probably go and do that as well. And I'd love to see that, to be quite honest with you. But that's not what we got. Next week, Adam Pearce is putting a match together between Drew McIntyre and Sheamus. And they will battle for the number one contendership and the Intercontinental title shot at WrestleMania. Don't know why we didn't get that tonight. Don't know why we need to do it next week. Don't know why you just don't give us the triple threat match coming out of tonight's show. But now we go into next week's show with a one-on-one match. And the only thing I can think of is that WWE has three weeks left to go. And they're going to build this up to the very end because they have TV time to fill. And they're going to string you along with twists and turns during WrestleMania season. I appreciate the effort. I really do. I have no problem with Drew McIntyre and Sheamus wrestling on any given night, on any given week, because you know it's going to be a banger. But I think we all know what the match is going to be, so why don't you just give us the match without all the added fluff and just build a storyline out of it, do a contract signing, 
have a promo between all three of these guys, have Gunther there laughing at both of them as they already have beaten themselves because they're more interested in beating the shit out of each other than winning the Intercontinental Championship. There's tons of shit to do. We didn't need another match between Drew McIntyre and Sheamus. We got what we got out of the Fatal 5-Way tonight, and that's all we really asked for. Now, going into next week, we all know that the match is going to be great, and we all know that Drew McIntyre is not going to lose this match. We all know Sheamus is not going to lose this match, and I say both of them are not going to lose this match because you are not having a WrestleMania in Los Angeles without one of your biggest stars in the company on the card. Drew McIntyre will be in this match by hook or by crook. He's not being left off the WrestleMania card. I'm sorry. So what we got tonight is more than likely what we're going to get next week. This match is going to end in a DQ. This match is going to end in a countout. This match is going to end in some fuck finish where both guys' shoulders are pinned down to the mat. That's the likelihood of the situation. I think a countout or a disqualification is way too obvious. I think a situation where they both have their shoulders pinned at the same time and the referee doesn't notice is probably what we're going to end up going with next week. So next week, we're going to be right back in the same boat that we are at the end of this week, and then maybe we get a triple threat match at WrestleMania, or the idea that I like, because Gunther really made a highlight of it in front of Adam Pearce tonight, singular, singular match, a singular challenger, not plural. Maybe Gunther defends the Intercontinental Championship against Drew McIntyre on night one of WrestleMania. Clearly, he wins. Drew McIntyre goes in there and gives a valiant effort against Gunther because I'm interested in that match. I'd love to see that match one-on-one. I've been wanting to see that match ever since Gunther was in NXT as the UK champion. I would have loved to see Drew McIntyre go over on NXT UK on a takeover and wrestle Gunther. We've been wanting to see that match. Now Gunther's in the best fucking shape of his life. I'd still love to see this match at some point. So why not give it to us on night one of WrestleMania and have Gunther defeat Drew McIntyre, go into uh, Sunday night and wrestle Sheamus. And then he loses to Sheamus on night two as Sheamus is the Intercontinental Champion for the first time in his career. I like that idea. I think that adds depth to the WrestleMania card. I have no fucking problem watching Gunther wrestle on two nights. I don't think anybody would, to be quite honest with you. I like that idea. The more I talk about it, the more I actually like the idea. Will we get that idea? Probably not. That's probably not going to happen. But I feel like a triple threat match, if we do end up getting that, I don't mind that either. It's going to be a banger. It's, it may be the match that steals the entire weekend. There's a lot of matches on WrestleMania, potentially, that could steal the whole week, and that one being one of them. So if we do the triple threat match, if we do the triple threat match, a lot of people are asking, well, does Gunther take the pinfall? Would Drew McIntyre be the guy that eats the pinfall in that match while Triple H kind of protects Gunther and not having him pinned? Because the rumor is Gunther is going to go on to elevate himself into the world title situation after WrestleMania is over, do they want to beat him and then have him go into the world title scene or do they want to keep him undefeated because he hasn't really been pinned on the main roster yet in this Triple H era? He's been very well protected. One of the most protected entities in all the company since Triple H took over. What do we do there? I've said this weeks ago. I feel like if you're doing the triple threat match, 
Gunther is so fucking protected right now. He's at a point where he's bulletproof. If he loses to somebody, why not it be Sheamus? Like, what bad comes out of it if he loses to... Sheamus legitimately, you put him in there against anybody, and Sheamus can beat the living shit out of you. No matter who it is. Omos, Brock Lesnar, you name it. Sheamus is not some fucking geek who's being pulled from the fucking VIP catering table in the back and you're putting him into a WrestleMania match. This is fucking Sheamus. Sheamus will fucking skin you alive out there. I have no problem with Gunther losing at WrestleMania. None. So I'm recommending, this is just me personally, this is my point of view, this is my opinion. You don't have to agree with it or not. You may want... The same thing Triple H wants. You may want Gunther protected. I think he's already protected to a point where if he loses, it's not going to do any harm to him. If you're doing the triple threat match, why not have Sheamus pin Gunther? Because that one is going to be the first time he wins the Intercontinental title. And why would you want him to pin Drew McIntyre to win his first Intercontinental championship? You want him to pin the guy that's been holding the championship on this record long reign. The guy that's been kind of taunting him with the championship. The guy that he's wrestled twice and lost to. Why not get his win back over the guy that he lost to twice before? I think Sheamus pinning Gunther at WrestleMania is the absolute right idea. Completely. But we kind of figured this was going to happen tonight. I like it. There's a couple of different avenues that WWE can go down. Either one of them is fine by me. And WWE is going to sell this on the road to WrestleMania. They're going to give you some episodic television. They're going to make you sweat. What's the match going to be? They want these twists and turns. And that's what's going to happen next week as Sheamus versus Drew McIntyre is now the number one contendership for the Intercontinental title. Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes was on SmackDown tonight unadvertised as Jay Uso was explaining to everybody why he decided to screw over Sami Zayn, turn on Sami Zayn on Monday Night Raw, and reunite with Jay Uso, Jimmy Uso, the Usos, reunite with his brother and Roman Reigns in the bloodline. I have no problem with the explanation that he gave. It was a very simple, very basic explanation. The only explanation that really needed to be told and explained to everybody. Jay Uso said, Sami Zayn is not family. Everything that has happened here, I blame Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn is not my blood. This guy's my twin. This guy's my brother. Roman is my cousin. This is my family. This is our title reign. I'm not giving this up for you. Simple. Yeah, we were friends, but you fucked everything up. Your actions fucked everything up. Your actions made Roman Reigns cast doubt over everybody in the bloodline. I blame you. At the end of the day, blood is thicker than water. That's the basis of the entire story. Cody Rhodes came out again on Friday Night SmackDown to back up Sami Zayn as Sami Zayn sneak attacked Jay Uso while Jimmy Uso was in the ring with him. Cody Rhodes, even the odds, two on two. No sign of Roman Reigns. No sign of Kevin Owens. None. What does this mean? Well, on Monday Night Raw, we saw Kevin Owens and Cody Rhodes talking about whatever they were talking about backstage in a segment with Elias and Rick Boogs. We saw that during that segment, which then led to Cody Rhodes coming out and helping Sami Zayn as the turn had already happened. And the bloodline was attacking Sami Zayn three-on-one. Cody Rhodes was the only one 
to come out there and back up Sami Zayn. It's amazing how we go from Sami challenging Roman at the Elimination Chamber, Sami being the guy in the fans' eyes who they want to see go beat Roman at WrestleMania, to Sami Sammy not winning the championship, to Sami now finding his revenge story coming out of all this, trying to get Jey Uso on his side and trying to let everybody know that the bloodline's going to crumble. And meanwhile, the bloodline is, they're getting back together and they're stronger and they're more reunited now than they were before. And Sami Zayn's all by himself. And now the guy that we all wanted, the guy that the, 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 guy that the fans wanted and Sami Zayn over Cody Rhodes, now they're finding a common bond. I like that. I like it. And WWE, the reason why, you know, a lot of people probably saying to themselves, well, why are they doing that? Why are they doing that? It sounds like WWE's throwing or it feels like WWE's throwing that in your face. Ha, 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 it's not Sami Zayn, it's Cody Rhodes. But at the end of the day, Sami has already had his time. That story has already passed. That chapter was already written. Sami Zayn has nothing to do with Roman Reigns anymore. Roman Reigns may be the leader of the bloodline, but Sami Zayn is not targeting Roman Reigns. Sami Zayn is targeting the entire bloodline. Sami Zayn's target now is now Jey Uso. After Monday, you have nothing to worry about. Cody Rhodes is not getting booed. Cody Rhodes is not going to have his road to WrestleMania sabotaged. WWE has nothing to worry about, about fans hijacking shows in favor of Sami over Cody. It's all over. It's all over. WWE can now safely and freely put Cody in the same ring as Sammy and team Cody up with Sammy on the road to WrestleMania in a redemption story with him helping because now Cody, while also helping Sammy, is also telling his own story and trying to beat the bloodline as well and trying to get to Roman. So WWE is in a safe space right now. Nothing's going to harm this match. Nothing's going to take away from Roman and Cody. The only thing that's going to take away from Roman and Cody is WWE's lack of storytelling. We got three weeks to enhance the story. Hopefully they continue to do that outside of dusty, 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 dusty. But WWE's in a safe space right now where they can go out there and bond Sammy and Cody together on the same road to WrestleMania because they are in the same boat together against the bloodline. I like that. I like that. Take the two hottest baby faces in the company. Eventually you're going to add Kevin Owens. You're going to take the third hottest baby face in the company Merge them together in some sort of superpower tag team. And a lot of people are like, well, JD, is this leading to Cody and Sammy versus the Usos? No. Not at WrestleMania. But what Triple H is leading to right now, you know, this go-home show, this Hall of Fame show is going to be a big, big show. It's going to be a live episode of SmackDown on March 31st, and we're going to get a great main event. A main event that legitimately is a main event you should see on a go-home show before the biggest show of the year. You're going to get Kevin Owens, you're going to get Sami Zayn, and you're going to get Cody Rhodes against Jimmy, Jay, and Solo. You're going to get a, a six-man tag team match for the ages on the go-home show, and that's going to be the defining factor. That's going to be the one match that's going to swing the momentum going into WrestleMania. I love it. I think it's great. It's such a simple dynamic. It's a simple story to tell. There really isn't anything else to do. The only piece that we're waiting to fall into place for is Kevin Owens. When is Kevin Owens going to align? When is Kevin Owens going to join? What is going to be the moment that Kevin Owens finally snaps out of it and says, you know what? 
I'm going to go out there and help my buddy. He's my best friend. I can't let him fight this alone. What's going to be that moment? There's still a lot of story to tell here with that. When is that going to happen? That's going to be a great moment. That handshake, that mega powers handshake between Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens is going to be fucking one for the ages. It's going to be like, yep, there you go. Take team match made. Now we got our WrestleMania night one main event. Outside that, it was a decent SmackDown. Wasn't uh, all that great. We got Rey Mysterio in the Hall of Fame. Surprised by that induction. We'll talk about that. And no Bray Wyatt. And no Bray Wyatt. No Bray Wyatt and Bobby Lashley build on the show that Bray Wyatt calls home. It's kind of fucked up. I don't know what they're doing, but the more the weeks go by, the less I care about Mr. Wyatt. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you guys for joining me on this Friday night. We got 2,000 people in the venue. People still coming on in after Rampage. Rampage just ended a little bit ago. Make yourself at home, man. Pull up a seat. Grab a beverage. Enjoy the show. I got a little bit of breaking news. OTS breaking news, man. My guys over at Deviate Designs who have done all my graphic work, as you see here, we're in the venue. Outside the venue, the beer garden, the Mustang intro, driving up and driving away. You guys see it all, every single stream. Yesterday, Nick, boss man over at Deviate, reached out to me with the final draft, the completed version of Inside My Mother's Basement. I don't know if I could put it on the community board for my VIPs because it's a video file. But what I saw, I I, I texted it to Jesse. I don't know if he's in the chat. I texted it to Jesse. Jesse legitimately said, and I quote, simply gorgeous. When you see the inside of this fucking thing, you are going to be mind blown. Telling you, man, I love what I do, man. I love what I do. I love, I love what we created here, bro. Let me tell you, man, I am so fucking excited about the unveiling of this shit. We're, we're gonna fucking roll out the red carpet, man. We got inside the venue. The same thing that you see here, like legitimately the same kind of setup. Me sitting in the patrons seat 
we got two scenes. We got one like this, and we got another behind the bar where on the bartender. Where we're gonna be, we're gonna be having some fun with that one too, man. I can't wait. We're, we're gonna go all out with this shit, man. First stream is gonna be VIP only. Opening night gonna be VIP only, man. So if you want to get in on the chat, you gotta join the channel and become a member. Okay, number one. Number two, I'm legitimately dressing up in a fucking business suit. We're going all the way with this speakeasy shit, man. Yes, I'm going to be wearing my cap, and no, you will not see my hair. Number three. We may have some new merchandise to go along with this as well. I'm already working on a brand new OTS logo for this t-shirt. Love it. Can't wait, man. It's going to be big. 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 Can't wait to show you guys. I may actually save it for WrestleMania weekend. That's how fucking big this thing's going to be. So look forward to that, man. Become a channel member. Join the channel. Hit the join button down below. VIP. Get you into my mother's basement on opening night. Get you into the live stream chats for the flagship podcast on Sunday night. Get you some emotes. Get you some badges. Get you to comment with those emotes in anything I do. In the stream on the videos, in the comments section, and those badges show off your VIP status, man. So hit that up and hit that join button. Hit that subscribe button as well. Turn on that bell for notifications down below. We are on our way to 143,000 subscribers. Follow me on social media as well, at JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. All my socials are down below in the description. Go check out all the other videos that you might have missed on the channel. Everything you need is on the homepage. We were live last night for a major midweek update. Over two hours live yesterday afternoon. Go check that out. It's on the homepage right now. And tonight's show is sponsored by Blue Chew. BlueChew.com. Code JD at checkout. Get yourself your free sample. All you have to do is pay the $5. Shipping and handling. SmackDown started off with a fatal five-way. Fatal five-way. Drew McIntyre, Sheamus, LA Knight, Xavier Woods, and Karrion Cross. Smash went nearly 20 minutes, and like I said, they did the controversial finish with McIntyre and Sheamus scoring pins simultaneously, leading to a one-on-one match next week on Friday night SmackDown. Everybody worked good in this thing. LA Knight looked good. Got another big reaction when he came out. Karrion Cross, more silence when he came out. Don't know what they're going to do with Karrion Cross after WrestleMania. Don't know if he factors into anything WrestleMania uh, worthy on the card for the pay-per-view. I don't know. Um, Xavier Woods was there. He filled in for Kofi, who got hurt. He's going to be out for five weeks. Leg injury doesn't require surgery, said Michael Cole. So that's a good thing. But it looks like both Xavier and Kofi Kingston may be missing WrestleMania. So McIntyre and Sheamus, they went face-to-face pretty early on. They argued. LA Knight and Karrion Cross jumped them from behind. So we had a little bit of a, of a teamwork vibe here with Karrion Cross and LA Knight. Cross and Knight worked together. They took out Woods. Sheamus pulled Knight out of the ring, but Cross came to the rescue. They worked together to then take out McIntyre and Sheamus at ringside. So they were a little buddy-buddy in this thing. McIntyre then fired up, took out both Cross and LA Knight. 
Knight and Cross then took out McIntyre again. This allowed Sheamus to catch them off guard with a big flying cross body off the top rope. Cross caught Sheamus in a half crab as LA Knight hit a neck breaker on McIntyre. Cross broke up Knight's pin attempt. So that was the end of their partnership because every man for himself, Knight and Cross then turned on each other. This opened the door for Xavier Woods to come on in and give some offense to both of these guys. Hit the big flying elbow on LA Knight. Everybody jumped in during that pin attempt and broke up the pin attempt by Xavier Woods. Gunther and Imperium then come out on stage and they're standing on the stage and they're watching the match to get a closer look at what's going on. Cross caught McIntyre in a tree of woe. This was a great spot. So McIntyre was hanging upside down in a tree of woe. Cross is on the top rope. LA Knight runs up and in one motion jumps up to the top rope, about to deliver a superplex. McIntyre pulls himself up in the tree of woe, grabs LA Knight by the waist, and German suplexes him off of the top rope while LA Knight is delivering a superplex to Karrion Cross in the ring. Excellent spot there by all three guys. McIntyre then caught Knight with another German suplex. McIntyre was in control here. Knight, he took over right after that. Sheamus back in the ring. He recovered, hit a big slam on L.A. Knight. He hit the 10 beats on Xavier Woods, on Cross, and then on L.A. Knight. And then we get the face-to-face with McIntyre and Sheamus in the middle of the ring. Sheamus went for the broke kick on L.A. Knight. McIntyre cut him off. They did a controversial finish at the same time. So Sheamus hit the broke kick on L.A. Knight. McIntyre, I believe, did the claymore to Xavier Woods. They both pinned each other's opponent, and that was it simultaneously. One, two, three. Sheamus and Drew McIntyre win the match via a double pin finish with both referees raising both guys' hands. Crowd broke into a big triple threat chant. The only thing I will say about this, fun match. The only thing negative I will say about this is the fact of, one, there were two referees out there. Now, I don't recall two referees ever being out there for a fatal five-way. But on this night, there were two referees out there, one on the outside and one on the inside. And all of a sudden, Jessica Carr needed to get into the ring. She was the second referee on the outside. When the simultaneous pin happened, she jumped in and immediately counted three. So I don't know why she was needed out there because the visual from us and the vantage point of us watching, we could have easily seen that both guys were pinning at the same time. We didn't need Jessica Carr to come in there and do that. It just made it a little silly with her being included in there It could have came off a lot better to me if the original referee who was officiating this match counted one, two, three, and didn't see McIntyre cover L.A. Knight. I I feel like it would have came off a lot better if the referee only seen one pinfall and not the other, and then we kind of get this controversial finish where we know both guys kind of won the match, but the referees don't know what's going on, and everybody's in a state of confusion. Jessica Carr getting in there and raising McIntyre's hand and You know, the other referee raising Sheamus' hand, it looked a little silly to me. It it came off a little silly. The execution of it was a little silly, but it was the right outcome and the outcome that we kind of all expected anyway going into this thing because we all kind of predicted that there will be a triple threat match happening at WrestleMania and they're not leaving Drew McIntyre off the card. Where do you put Drew McIntyre otherwise? He doesn't fit any other place on the WrestleMania card, so why not include him in this? And that's exactly what they did. 
So outside of it being a little silly, we got the right outcome. It was just executed kind of sloppily. So we got these two guys going into next week. Should be a banger match, like Sheamus says. And then I think I'm predicting right now, you guys can cycle back to this podcast less, uh, you know, next week. You know, right now, I'm going to make a prediction. I think both guys' shoulders are going to be pinned on the mat, and then something's going to happen there. We're going to get some sort of non-finish, some fuck finish. I'm going with the double shoulders pinned on the mat at the same time with these guys, which will eventually lead to a triple threat match at WrestleMania. Or, the more I talk about it, the more I like it. Gunther wrestling McIntyre on night one, and then Gunther wrestling Sheamus on night two, where he then loses the Intercontinental title. So we'll see what happens. Kayla Braxton. She was backstage with Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman obviously there because... He is the special counsel for the Bloodline, and he greeted Jay and Jimmy Uso as they came into the arena tonight. She asked Jay, or she asked Heyman about Jay for whatever happened on Monday. Why did you turn on Sami Zayn? She said she asked Jay for comment earlier about attacking Sami, and Heyman seemed distracted by some other shit he was thinking about. He was very softly spoken here, and said he did not hear her initial question. He then began venting about Cody getting involved in bloodline business. He said, for almost 1,000 days. That is the first time that Roman Reigns and 1,000 days has been mentioned on TV. So I can tell you right now, by Paul Heyman mentioning this, it's already in the back of WWE's mind. And now that it is being mentioned on TV, it is now a higher probability, a higher possibility that Roman Reigns walks out of WrestleMania still the undisputed WWE Universal Champion. Because if WWE was thinking about taking the belts off of Roman Reigns, then this would not have been mentioned. I'm letting you know right now. The fact that 1,000 Days has now officially been mentioned on TV by Paul Heyman, you know WWE is thinking about exactly getting him to 1,000 Days. That makes some people happy. That makes some people not happy because there are a large group of people on social media that don't want to see Roman Reigns walk out of WrestleMania as the champion. But Cody Rhodes has done nothing to make you believe that he should take the belt off of Roman Reigns. He's done nothing. Roman Reigns has not soured. He's not gotten boring. The bloodline is the hottest group in the industry. I mean, why would anybody want to take the belt off Roman when he is still not at that point of year? Like, you know what? We are still highly entertained by Roman Reigns. Are we going to feel that same way about Cody? Yes, I know Monday Night Raw needs the WWE title. I get it. Trust me. If there's anybody you're talking to about this subject, I know I've been asking for it for many, many, many months. But at the end of the day, does Cody Rhodes feel like he's the guy right now? No. He may be, he may be the guy in, in theory, but he is, the, is he the guy right now to take the belt off Roman Reigns? I, I don't know if we can justify that. I don't know if we have a legitimate reason Outside of, oh, well, he's boring to take the belt off Roman Reigns. We'll see. So Heyman mentioned 1,000 days. He said Cody is a nightmare for them. 
And he's the one person he didn't want to see opposite of him. He says they could approach things as a gangster and try to get in his head and manipulate him. He said Reigns chose to smash him with the truth. He said there's emotional baggage that is going to take Cody off of his game to a point that he'll be already defeated by the time he walks into the ring at WrestleMania. He said the only story for Cody left to tell will be when his when he lifts his shoulders off the mat after being defeated by Roman Reigns, and then he will have to choose a time and a place to acknowledge his tribal chief, Roman Reigns. You know, Paul Heyman, he feels like he deserves a raise because he's always there, and he's always there to advance the story when Roman Reigns is not at the show. And that's what exactly happened tonight. Roman Reigns, I thought Roman was going to be there to kind of acknowledge Jay Uso and what Jay Uso did on Monday night. We did not get that. But Paul Heyman, man, how many times has Paul Heyman picked up the slack for Roman Reigns not being there to advance the story? How many times has Roman Reigns missed SmackDown and somebody's been there to kind of advance the story for him? This is why Roman Reigns has surrounded himself with such great talent. The Usos have stepped it up. Solo stepped it up. Paul Heyman is a fucking genius. So when Roman Reigns is missing off of, off of SmackDown, is it visible? Is it noticeable? Yes. But is it like groundbreaking? Oh my God, it's going gonna, it's gonna to break the fucking show. No. No. It, it's not to a point where SmackDown is suffering and they need the Tribal Chief on SmackDown. No. This is, look, this is what it looks like when you surround yourself with top-tier fucking guys. That's exactly what Roman Reigns has done. He's done it with Lesnar. When Lesnar couldn't be there, he's on TV selling everything for Brock Lesnar, whether it's against The Undertaker or if it's against AJ Styles or Braun Strowman or whoever, Roman Reigns, right? He's just great. He's just great. So I wonder what they're going to do when Paul Heyman says they're going to kill him with the truth. They're going to attack him with the truth, smash him with the truth. What other truth is there outside of what Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman have already brought to the table? What other truth are they going to smash him with? Hopefully they got something in three weeks because I need more. We definitely need more. Moving on. They went backstage to Sheamus and Drew McIntyre yelling at each other over what happened in the Fatal Five-Way. Rich Holland and Butch, we haven't seen them all WrestleMania season, finally showed up on SmackDown, ran in and wanted to talk to Sheamus, dragged him away, looked like Rich Holland was kind of cursing out Drew McIntyre, and Drew McIntyre was basically saying, we should not be fighting, we should be going to the bar and having drinks together. I guess there won't be any pints of Guinness tonight for Drew McIntyre and Sheamus. Dominic Mysterio. And the Judgment Day, they were up next with a match with Judgment Day and Legato del Fantasma. But before we got to that, Samantha Irving introduced Rey Mysterio, who is being inducted into the Hall of Fame and probably going to be the headliner this year for the WWE Hall of Fame of 2023. Kind of shocked by Rey Mysterio actually going in as a current full-time active performer on the roster. I did not expect that. I was fully expecting a great uh, a great Muda, right? 
because the rumor going around today was that the great mood is going to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. He may be the the uh, legend that goes into the Hall of Fame this year. You know, uh, we may get Batista in the Hall of Fame. Maybe Batista's not going in the Hall of Fame and they opted to do Rey Mysterio instead. I don't know. But WWE apparently, uh, according to Russell Votes, they tweeted something out today that the Hall of Fame inductions were going to be made today. We didn't know if it was going to be on social media. We didn't know if they were going to wait till SmackDown, but they did wait till SmackDown, and Rey Mysterio was the first name announced for the 2023 Hall of Fame. It's taken WWE a little bit to announce the 2023 class for the Hall of Fame. And I mentioned this on yesterday's live stream. The reason why they did this is for two reasons. Number one, there's probably internal back and forth with Triple H and Vince McMahon on who they want to induct into the Hall of Fame. You know, I'm sure it's not all Triple H. If Triple H had his say completely on who goes into the Hall of Fame, we would have already seen something announced for the Hall of Fame. I know Triple H takes this shit seriously. But with Vince McMahon looming over creative more and more every single week, you know Vince McMahon is going to have a majority say on who goes into his fictional Hall of Fame. So that's what happened here. So I'm sure there's some internal struggle there with Vince and Triple H, and Triple H can't do exactly what he wants to do 100%. That's just factual information. We know that for a fact. Secondly, WWE is at the point where they can be a little lenient with announcing the Hall of Fame. Ever since WrestleMania has gone to two nights, WWE hasn't relied or hasn't had to rely on an actual Hall of Fame show separate from everything else that happens WrestleMania weekend. The last couple of years, WWE has tagged the Hall of Fame to SmackDown on the go-home show the night before night one of WrestleMania. They're doing that same thing this year. They're not selling actual tickets to the Hall of Fame. They don't have an actual separate Hall of Fame show like we've seen in years past on the WWE Network. This is all happening after SmackDown. WWE, from more than likely... Has this show sold out? They have that SmackDown, that go-home show sold out. So they don't need to worry about selling tickets for the Hall of Fame. If they needed to sell tickets, you can guarantee fucking it. They would have announced something weeks ago for the Hall of Fame just to get the ticket sales rolling. But the fact that this show is tagged on to the SmackDown show and they already have that show sold out more than likely, they don't need to rely on selling tickets and they can announce three weeks to go, two weeks to go. They could have announced everybody in in the final week if they wanted to. So that's why they did it. So a lot of people are asking, well, why why did they take so long as they announced Hall of Fame inductees in years past a little bit earlier? That's the reason why. They don't have to rely on selling tickets this year, and I'm sure there's some internal struggle with Vince and Triple H deciding on who exactly is going into the Hall of Fame. Now, why Rey Mysterio? I mean, why not? I don't think there's one single human being alive that watches pro wrestling that has a problem with Rey Mysterio going into the Hall of Fame. The only part that shocked me is that he's a current guy, full-time, that's going into the Hall of Fame. But my thinking behind this is Rey Mysterio from the West Coast, from San Diego, WrestleMania's taking place in California, in Los Angeles, and it's almost as if WWE would have missed the boat to get Rey Mysterio into the Hall of Fame. When's the next time WWE's going to have a WrestleMania this big at SoFi Stadium over two nights again? So why not do Rey Mysterio when he's the hometown guy? They'll be in Los Angeles all weekend. They'll be in L.A. for four straight nights. So why not do the West Coast guy? Why not do Rey Mysterio? It makes sense to me. Plus, 
Is there anybody any more deserving than Rey Mysterio? No. Absolutely not. The other thing that I was thinking about when Rey Mysterio was announced is, is this rumored match between Dominic and Rey Mysterio going to be Rey Mysterio's retirement match? Is that why he's going into the Hall of Fame? Is this match going to be a retirement match for Rey Mysterio? He's wrestling his son at WrestleMania, more than likely. He's going into the Hall of Fame before WrestleMania weekend. Is this it for him? Is this what he's thinking in his mind? Is this it? I can't get any better. I can't get any higher than this weekend right here. I'm going into the Hall of Fame. I'm wrestling my son at WrestleMania. This is it for me. I'm hanging up the boots. I don't know. I know I'm not the only one thinking that. So that's something that's going to be on everybody's mind as well. Is Rey Mysterio going to hang it up? I don't think so. I don't think so. But we've seen stranger things happen in the WWE. We don't even know if we're going to get the Dominic versus Rey Mysterio match. Some people were telling me on Twitter today that Vince doesn't really want to do the match. I've read reports that Rey Mysterio didn't want to do the match. I don't know how anybody is feeling about this match right now internally in WWE. It certainly makes sense for them to do it. They've been building it for the most for most of the fucking year, going back to last year. So why not do it? Does Vince want to do it? Vince has been hesitant on doing it for a few years now. Does Triple H want to do it? Does Ray want to do it? I don't know. I don't know. But I can tell you this, Dominic Mysterio is as hot as he's ever been right now. So if you don't strike while the iron is hot right now with Dominic Mysterio against Rey Mysterio at WrestleMania, you may not get another opportunity to do this match at this level on this stage with Dominic being that hot as he is now. And WWE has this thing about missing the boat on most of the things that they should not be missing the boat on. I mean, this is a fucking strike fastball right down the middle in your fucking wheelhouse. All you got to do is swing the fucking bat and hit that home run. WWE tends to swing and miss during these obvious they-need-to-do-it-now situations. Nah, nah, we'll wait till after WrestleMania. Yeah, we'll do a tag team match. No. Dominic and Ray, WrestleMania, stipulation added to it, mask versus hair, retirement, mask versus career, or son versus, I don't know, something along those lines. Something along those lines. But there's no problem with Rey Mysterio going into the Hall of Fame. And the other rumored name that I've seen floating around, like I said, is Great Muda going into the Hall of Fame. So WWE is going to be cycling through their inductees. Rey Mysterio was announced tonight. I'm sure we'll get another one on Monday Night Raw, but WWE is going to start slowly rolling out the Hall of Fame class as we head closer to WrestleMania. So he's out there. Rey Mysterio does not get one word in. Dominic Mysterio comes out with the Judgment Day. Fans are absolutely raining booze down on top of him. WWE, are you really going to induct a washed-up old man into the Hall of Fame? He asked, how many birthdays, how many Christmases, how many Thanksgivings and soccer games did you miss to build this Hall of Fame career? He said, mommy was right. Rhea Ripley was right. I'm ashamed to be your son. Legato Del Fantasma walked out. Escobar gets in the ring. He's there with Joaquin Wilde and Cruz Del Toro with Zelina Vega. He gets in the ring and Santos Escobar says, 
I haven't let go of what you did last week, Dominic. Rey Mysterio might have, but I didn't. We're scheduled for a match later, but let's start this match right now. So Rey Mysterio doesn't get a word in. He doesn't get to speak on his Hall of Fame induction. Santos Escobar comes to the rescue, and we get Judgment Day versus Legado Del Fantasma right here on SmackDown. Ray continues to be kind of beaten down by his son at every twist and turn. He gets treated like a bitch by Dominic. When is going to be that day where Ray Mysterio says, you know what, fuck you, son, and slap the shit out of him? Legato and Judgment Day. I expect this to be something that carries SmackDown into the months after WrestleMania. This is just the beginning stages of all of this happening on SmackDown right now. Not a bad match. Love the team of Legato and Rey Mysterio. I love the fact that they're using Legato as baby faces to back Rey Mysterio here. It's exactly what they need. I like this. They're believable in this role. They weren't going anywhere. It's just generic heels. The fact that they got Rey Mysterio to help use him to help them get them over, it's a beautiful thing. This was a solid six-man tag team match. Everybody was uh, in this thing looking good. Judgment Day was in control. They took Cruz Del Toro, isolated him in their part of the ring, and the team of Legato recovered. They were working together, working on Balor. Priest took it to Wild regain control of the match. So we got Judgment Day beating Dal Wild, just like they did Del Toro. And Escobar and Del Toro were knocked off the apron, so Judgment Day is in complete control. Escobar then ran Wild after a hot tag on Judgment Day. Wild avoided Priest and caught him with a drop kick. Escobar and Del Toro hit double suicide dives onto Balor and Priest outside. Zelina Vega tried to get involved, but Rhea Ripley blocked a Huron Karana, and Ripley threw Vega onto Escobar and Wild. Ray Mysterio got in Ripley's face. Dominic took advantage and caught Ray with a sliding drop kick through the ropes. Del Toro had Dominic beat when Priest comes from behind, kicked him in the face. This allowed Dominic to score a big pinfall over Cruz Del Toro for the one, two, three, and Judgment Day beats Legato with some chaos happening during this match. After the match was over, Dominic wanted to address his father one-on-one. So Judgment Day left. It was just Dominic and Ray in the middle of the ring. Dominic said, listen, I just want to talk. Ray entered the ring very cautiously. Dom said the only Hall of Fame he deserves to be in is the deadbeat dad Hall of Fame. I wonder if that's a legit thing. At the end of the day... I should have been Eddie's son, he says. So we went there. We went there. Dominic decided to throw that in Ray's face, man. Can you imagine the type of heat that would have garnered? He got some big heat on that. Ray got in Dom's face and asked him to listen to him. Dom shoved him down again. Ray started to leave the ring. Dominic charged after him. Ray had eyes in the back of his head. Ray ducked. Dom fell through the floor, through, through the ropes out to the floor. Dominic was yelling at Ray, you can't do that to me. You can't do that to me. He says he's going to have to fight him eventually. And Ray looked very stressed about the situation. So Ray, for another week, did not put his hands on his son. 
That's another moment that's just going to have a big, big pop when it does happen. Ray putting his hands on his son in defense and beating the shit out of his son for the first time is going to be a huge moment. And then we know the match is going to be made for WrestleMania. But I like what's going on here, man. I do. It's very entertaining stuff. And Dominic, man, complete transformation from just a few months ago, man. I wasn't really sold on Dominic ever since he started this, this prison gimmick and him being in jail and, you know, all this shit. Being in Judgment Day has been great, but he's kind of taking his character to the next level. He gets some of the most organic heat for a heel out there in the entire company, man. It's a beautiful thing to see. It really is. So I'm very excited to see where this goes. And a one-on-one match at WrestleMania is certainly looming for Dominic and Rey Mysterio. Charlotte. Charlotte Flair. The android is waiting in Adam Pierce's office. She wants a match tonight. Pierce says he would see if he could find her a suitable opponent. Why are we adding impromptu matches this late in the show, number one? Number two, how many women exist on the roster that have not wrestled Charlotte Flair? That's another question. Why does she need a match before WrestleMania? Why does she need a match on SmackDown? Nobody cares. I would have much rather put this into anything else on the show. Could have given Ricochet and Braun Strowman with the Viking Raiders another minute or two. Why did we need Charlotte Flair on the show? All you need to worry about is making a build, a story between Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair, which you have yet to do. You have not done shit to make me interested in what Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair are selling at WrestleMania. Yet, there are people that think this is a main event match for night one. Nowhere even close to a main event match. Give me a break. I don't give a fuck who won the Royal Rumble. I think we deaded that situation a couple of weeks ago on the podcast. Viking Raiders. They went into a tag team match against Braun Strowman and Ricochet. Not bad. Not bad. Ricochet and Braun Strowman don't really care about them as a tag team. Don't really care too much about the Viking Raiders. My opinion still stands on them. I think they're a little over the top, a little goofy with this Valhalla. Valhalla is here gimmick that they got going on. A little over the top. It's not really relatable in any way. It's kind of it's got a kind of cartoonish in a way. Ricochet, man, in a tag team match against the Viking Raiders. Man, you know what I thought? Now, I could be wrong on this. It might have happened maybe one other time, but I don't really care to remember if it did. So I'm just going to forget if it did. But correct me if I'm wrong. This was the first time Ricochet has been in a tag team match against Eric and Ivar since the last time they were in the ring at NXT TakeOver New York when they were the War Raiders, when they won the Dusty Cup, and got a tag team title opportunity against Eric and Ivar, Hanson and Rowe back then, the War Raiders, when he teamed with Aleister Black, now Malachi Black in AEW. NXT TakeOver New York, Ricochet and, uh, uh, and Aleister Black versus Hanson and Rowe of the War Raiders for the NXT tag team titles. The greatest NXT tag team title match of all time. One of the greatest tag team title matches in company history 
and one of the best opening matches that you would ever see on any WWE pay-per-view, period. Unbelievable tag team match. Man, do I miss black and gold. Man, do I miss black and gold. If you miss black and gold in the chat, please leave me a gold heart emoji. Seriously. What the fuck did they do to NXT? I will never, ever, 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 ever understand it. Never. Don't get it. Viking Raiders win here in about 10 minutes, 11 minutes or so. Not bad. Ricochet avoided a splash from Ivar, allowing Braun Strowman to send Ivar and Eric to ringside. Strowman then launched Ricochet onto the Raiders. They cut to a commercial break. Viking Raiders were in control. They isolated Ricochet until he makes a hot tag to Braun Strowman. Eric knocked Strowman off the apron before he made the hot tag. Ivar hit a running crossbody splash against the barricade on Strowman. Eric and Ricochet went back and forth. Ricochet knocked Ivar off the apron. This allowed Eric to sit out powerbomb for a near fall. Ricochet fought back. Strowman eventually got the hot tag. Like I said, he ran wild on the Raiders, sending them out to ringside. A lot of gold hearts in the chat, because I know I'm not the only one that loved black and gold. Strowman tagged Ricochet back in, ran over Ivar at ringside. He went to shoulder tackle Eric, but Valhalla pushed him out of the way. Strowman crashed into the announce table. Valhalla caused a distraction. Ricochet missed the 450, allowing Ivar to hit a spinning heel kick, followed up by the flying splash for the win. The Viking Raiders get a victory over Ricochet and Braun Strowman. Don't know what it means for the Viking Raiders, but decent little tag team match on SmackDown. Charlotte Flair. She went one-on-one with Shotzi. I thought we were supposed to find somebody for Charlotte that she hasn't beaten yet. This match was fucking sloppy. I don't know what else you want me to tell you, man. You know, the wrestlers may not want to hear it, but sometimes they are just not good at all. I don't know if you guys were watching the same match that I was, but I swear to God, man, Shotzi wrestles like she's fucking drowning underwater. Shotzi wrestles like she's moving in a vat of fucking maple syrup. She looks like she wrestles in fucking quicksand. I don't know what happened to her, man. I don't. She was not like this on NXT. It's almost as if she's wrestling as a defeated performer. She came into this match already defeated because she knew exactly what was going to be the end result here. She's not good. She hasn't been good on the main roster. I don't know what happened to her from NXT. I did not think this about Shotzi in NXT, man. Shotzi was great in NXT. So much, so much promise in NXT. So awful on the main roster. So Flair and Shotzi, they're in there. Flair got her with a big boot. Went for the figure four leg lock. Rhea Ripley's music hit. Ripley walked out, caused a distraction. This allowed Shotzi to use a small package for a near fall. Ripley's watching at ringside. Shotzi was in control. Top rope, her and Karana. Flair rocked Shotzi with a series of chops. Afterwards, follow with a fallaway slam, spear, figure eight. That was it. After the match, Rhea Ripley gets a microphone and gets into the ring. And really, nothing, nothing was stated here outside of the obvious. 
very, very generic promo by both Charlotte and Rhea Ripley. Ripley got in the ring. She told Charlotte that when she looks into her eyes, she sees all of her insecurities. She said at WrestleMania, she'll take the one thing from her that makes her feel so important. Charlotte told her to shut up. She said her improvement might be something she's proud of, but she said she's also improved every day of her life. Some people love her for it, and others react negatively. I guess I'm the audience that acts negatively towards Charlotte. But she said it's a fact. She said she will outwork anyone, male or female, because she takes this business very seriously. She said Ripley will tear anyone apart who stands in her way, except for me. What is with the basic shit here? It's what I want to know. Why are we going into WrestleMania with straightforward, basic, paint-by-the-numbers, a fucking four-year-old with a crayon could write better shit than this? I I don't understand it. At no point have we gotten Rhea Ripley and Charlotte and their past feud. At no point have we gotten Rhea Ripley and Charlotte and what happened at WrestleMania in the fucking performance center during COVID when this match was supposed to take place in Tampa at their football stadium. But the match couldn't take place and she couldn't wrestle Charlotte in front of all those people because of COVID. How she's transformed from that performer to the woman that we see now. Why haven't we gotten that? There are absolutely no layers to this And this was the most paint-by-numbers shit that you could possibly ask for for a women's championship. Yet there will still be people out there that claim that this should close night one. Why? Because Rhea Ripley won the Royal Rumble? I gave you a list of people that won the Royal Rumble and did not main event WrestleMania. You don't need to main event WrestleMania if you won the Royal Rumble on a year or in a year where you got something that is fucking absolutely molten white hot like Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, and the Usos. This match does not jump off the television as, oh my God, main event of WrestleMania, not with the fucking story that we got going into the match. Same thing with Asuka and and, and, uh, uh, Bianca Belair. Same thing over on Monday Night Raw with both of those ladies. What's the story there? What is the story there? Somebody please tell me what the story between Asuka and Bianca Belair is. All I saw from them is dancing from Asuka, gibberish from Asuka, Asuka with blue shit coming out of her mouth, dribbling down her chin, pointing at the WrestleMania logo, and Bianca Belair swinging her braid, claiming she's the EST. That's a story? Oscar won the Elimination Chamber. What are you going to do to build layers of a story? There is none. As far as I'm concerned, there's no story between Charlotte and Rhea Ripley because no matter what had happened to them in the past together, they haven't really talked about it. They haven't gone back and dove into what happened then. You could at least do that. Paint by the numbers shit. I want to see if people still claim after tonight that this is a main event worthy match. It's not. We got three weeks left to go. 
You think WWE is going to do any more outside of what we've gotten so far? No. Usos. They're the final segment of the night. They made their ring entrance and addressed the crowd with their catchphrases. Fans are chanting for Sammy. Sammy. JX people. Everybody in the crowd. You want to know why I betrayed Sammy like that? He asked those questioning him to step into his shoes and ask themselves what they do. He said, if a family member car breaks, you're going to go and help them. You give a starving family member food off your table. He said, that's what family does. I did it because I had to. I didn't want to do it. I ain't had no choice. I never had a choice because he's my twin. He's my brother. He's my family, not you. I do wonder if that one line, I didn't want to do it, is going to come into play. Because he did say before he actually said, this is my family, this is my blood, this is my brother. He did say, I did not want to do it. I wonder if Roman Reigns is going to hold him accountable for that line. I did not want to do it. What do you mean you didn't want to do it? Are you in or you're out completely? He said the fans aren't his family either. He said that they have no idea what he's been going through. You all sit at home on your couches and in your chairs. You don't know anything that's going on here. Slight kind of shade thrown at the crowd and the audience on Twitter. He says there's only one person he blames, and that is you, Sami Zayn. He asked, what was he supposed to do? Said the tribal chief said Sami is selfish. He said all he had to do was fall in line, but he doesn't know about that because... His ass ain't blood, and you never will be. Said, now they've gotten rid of the Sammy problem. There's one more problem to get rid of, and that is Cody Rhodes. Jimmy asks what Cody's issue is. Cody comes out and makes a grand entrance. Cody comes out to the stage. He says, I keep hearing my name mentioned out here, but if you're going to talk to me, why don't you talk to me directly in person? He said they might answer to Reigns, but he answers to the fans. They chanted his name. He said it sounds like they would rather see them fight than talk. Jimmy says if he takes one more step towards the ring, you aren't going to make it till WrestleMania. He says they, they'll put him on the shelf like they did to Sammy. Cody took off his suit, and all of a sudden, Sammy comes from behind in his black hoodie, charged into the ring, and tackled Jay down to the ground. Jimmy joined in on the fight two-on-one. Cody immediately gets in the ring, and all four guys are brawling. They brawl into the crowd, then they brawl back into the ring. Cody and Sammy clear the ring, stood together, and Cody raised Sammy's arm, and that's the way uh, SmackDown went off the air tonight on Friday. Cody, according to Michael Cole, made a critical mistake now by getting involved in bloodline business. Thought the closing angle was good. It was simple. It was effective. There wasn't really much else for Jimmy and Jay to do out there. There wasn't much for Jay to explain. He ex exactly said what he needed to say. It's my family. It's my blood. You are to blame. It was your fucking, your fault uh, that everything happened. Cody's out there back in Sami Zayn. WWE, like I described in the beginning, they're in a safe space right now. They got nothing to worry about with Sami and the fans hijacking the Roman-Cody match. Everything is set. 
I like the fact that we moved on from Sammy being the hottest thing to now we can worry about Cody and Roman. They can come join forces. We're going to get this big six-man tag team match on the go-home show. I, I feel that's what's going to happen. We're going to get a big Cody, Sammy, and KO mega powers tag team against the bloodline minus Roman on that go-home show. Man, that's going to be the fucking momentum that we're going to have going into WrestleMania. I thought tonight was a decent show. It wasn't a blow-away show by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I like the closing angle. Very simple, very effective. And I like the idea of a possible triple threat with Gunther, Sheamus, and Drew McIntyre at WrestleMania, man. Lots to be excited about going into WrestleMania. So we have three more weeks. Should be a banger. And I'm going to keep you guys covered on the podcast as much as I can. Right here on OTS. Man, we're about to get out of here, bro. We got some Super Chats to go over. If you guys want to hang out, I would really appreciate you get those Super Chats in. Hit that thumbs up as well, man. We got 628 likes on the stream right now. I love the 2,000 that are in here, man, to hit that thumbs up. If you have not done so yet, try and get as close to 1,000 as possible. Super Chats are open. Get them on, and we got four new members tonight as well. You guys are excited about my mother's basement. I know it. Follow me on social media, at JD from NY206, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Links are down below in the description for all my socials. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications. And go check out all the other content on the channel, YouTube Shorts, Live stream from yesterday afternoon. We were live for Dynamite. We were live for NXT. We were live for Monday. We were live for Revolution. Episode 467 on Saturday, man. Seven straight days of live streams on the channel, man. Tons of shit to get caught up with. Tonight's show is sponsored by my great friends over at Blue Chew. Long-term booking is real, guys. I love it. You guys know I love me some long-term booking. You know, long-term booking doesn't really only exist in pro wrestling. It also could exist in the bedroom. That's where Blue Chew comes into play, man. You're going to have the confidence to write yourself a nice long-term storyline with Blue Chew. Blue Chew is a unique online service that provides the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but comes in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night. Be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Plan ahead. Be ready to go. Sign them at BlueChew.com. You're going to consult with one of their online medical providers. And once you guys are approved through them, you're going to receive your prescription within days. And the best part, you don't have to go to a doctor's office no awkward conversations with anybody. No waiting in line at the pharmacy. They are made in the USA. They are prepared and shipped directly to you in a very discreet package. First impressions, man. Always important. Always important. Why not have a first impression that's going to lead to a lasting impression and over and over and over again? That's where Blue Chew comes into play, man. Why not go for Blue Chew and that extra confidence? You guys can try it for free. Code JD at checkout. All you have to do is pay the $5 shipping and handling. BlueChew.com. 
Code JD. I want to thank them for once again sponsoring the podcast right here on Off the Scripts. Super Chats. How we looking? Let's see what's going on, man. Joseph Taylor with a $7 super chat. JD, two things. Your top three Kill Switch Engage songs. And your top three wines you like to drink if you drink wine. Joseph, you got the weirdest fucking questions, bro. The weirdest fucking questions. My top three Kill Switch Engage songs. I don't really... I don't really look at Killswitch Engage songs in that way. They all kind of eventually sound the same anyway. But if I was to choose... If I was to choose Killswitch songs... This Fire is definitely up there. The Signal Fire is definitely up there. And... I love their first album the most. Their first album, their debut album is probably my favorite. I'd have to go back and watch it, uh, listen to it again. But uh, anything off that album, man. Life to Lifeless is great. Number Days is great. My Last Serenade is great. I might have to go listen to that tomorrow. And wine, Joseph, I don't really I don't really drink wine like that, but if I have a glass of wine, it's always a Sauvignon Blanc. I love me a Sauvignon Blanc white wine. Brad becomes a new member. Brad, welcome to the OTS VIP Club. What the fuck are you drinking, Brad? Will also becomes a new member. Welcome to the VIP Club, Will. What the fuck are you drinking? So Deke and Fernando also. What the fuck are you guys drinking, man? Thank you very much. You will be inside my mother's basement on debut night. Michelle Moran with a two dollar super chat tonight. Felt like Sammy and Cody versus Usos at WrestleMania. No. Absolutely did not, Michelle. JD, what do you do besides YouTube? I like to eat. I like to cook. I exercise with my guy, Evil Genius. I sit in this office on my off days, relax, play Destiny 2. I'm a very simple guy, man. More now than ever before, though, I'm a homebody. I don't really, I don't really go anywhere. So Deke with the 199. Thank you for becoming a member, brother. Appreciate you. Lord Jake Coyle with 17 months in the venue. VIP Club. Rhea Ripley knows who the number one podcast is in the IWC. She even puts a little JD under her eye. Let me tell you something, man. Rhea Ripley knows that I am the poppy. Absolutely. Yes, I play Pokemon Go frequently, yes. 
John 05 with a 199. Two weeks till Mania. Still no reason for Roman to lose. Nope. Also, he says Charlotte can't main event WrestleMania. This story sucks. John, two for two on the comments, brother. JD looks great at 40 years old, says my sister. Ryoku, tell your sister thank you. Tenario, one, two, eight with a five-dollar super chat. JD, do you think WrestleMania 7 was underrated? I'd say yes. I enjoyed WrestleMania 7. Nowhere near my favorite. I thought WrestleMania 8 was underrated. And I actually enjoyed WrestleMania 9, to me, to be honest with you. A lot of people looking at WrestleMania 9 as a, a, a junk WrestleMania. I actually enjoyed WrestleMania 9. Do you want to know why I enjoyed WrestleMania 9? Because I thought Bobby Heenan and Jim Ross did a great job. Ankle break, AJ with a $5 super chat. As of this super chat... Raj and QT are still going at it. Raj says he was going to sleep an hour. No need to comment. I just think it's funny. Yeah, man, I don't know what's going on with... uh, I don't know what's going on with QT. It's very difficult to see if QT is being serious. But now he's starting to throw the F word around. He's he's dropping the F bomb to Raj. So I think it's it's kind of getting to QT. And some people were in my DM saying that Raj was more than likely drinking a couple of glasses of wine tonight. So, you know, uh, he he, uh, he tends to be uh, loose as a goose when he when he drinks, uh, as is uh, a lot of people, me included. But um, I, I don't know why they're going at it. I, I really don't. All Raj said was the last five minutes of the match sucked. Pro wrestlers have the most fragile egos anywhere. The power bomb to Wardlow looked fucking so terrible. QT being aligned with Will Hobbs is terrible. Nobody wants to see that. QT has not factored into anything on TV. You can't just bring him back all of a sudden and go, oh yeah, yeah, we had a, a little storyline uh, a, a year ago. No. A lot of F words. A lot of F words. A lot of fucks. But QT. Fucks, fuck, fucking. I don't know. Uh, did I do the raid? Uh, no, I did not do uh, Root of Nightmares and, and probably will not attack it until contest mode is over. Uh, I can't deal with contest mode. It's for tryhards and I don't really care. Just give me the normal mode. I got to respond to QT? No, I don't. N with a 199. Cody looks like a star, man. His fashion is amazing. Cody is a star. That's why he's in the main event. Dom Wapo with a 499. Have you seen the transformation of Vladimir Kozlov? It's on McIntyre levels. And do you think he would fit in Imperium if WWE ever brought him back? I have not seen him, bro. Wasn't Vladimir Kozlov in uh, John Wick? What was it, the second one? Wasn't he in John Wick 2? I know this because my guy Evil Genius got me watching John Wick. 
I have not seen, man. I have to check it out. Glorious one with a 999. Can't lie, this Rivers Dom build is pretty good. I remember being annoyed when Dom was a babyface. Great stuff. Dominic's killing it, man. It's killing it. Joseph Taylor with a five dollar super chat. JD, did you see my tweet about Tokyo's sports reporting about Soraya leaving WWE? Uh, Joseph Taylor, we talked about it on the podcast yesterday, bro. Where were you? Yeah, Eddie, uh, Kevin Nash was in there too, but I think he was uh, he was a bouncer in one of the scenes. Kozlov, I believe, was fighting Keanu Reeves. Tenario with a $5 Super Chat. Good to see the ICN US titles on WrestleMania with stories unlike last year. They weren't even on the show. Well, that's the that's the Triple H effect. You gotta you gotta love it. Justin with a 199. Whenever the shirt goes live, I'm buying it day one. Thank you, brother. Jaxo23 with a $10 super chat. This right Dominic build is pretty good. I remember being annoyed when seeing Dom when he was a babyface. Great stuff. I also like how Legato Del Fantasma is standing up for Ray. Well, you and uh, you and Glorious went out almost the same comment, Jaxo. I think this Legato Ray Mysterio pairing is brilliant. Otis with 15 months in the VIP club. JD, it's always good to see you and the chat. This is the best family in the IWC. Whoever disagrees will be benched. Hashtag OTS bloodline. Hashtag OTS for life. Thank you for your services, my guy Otis. MGM balling with 16 months. I'm going to England at the end of June for two weeks. So I bought tickets for Money in the Bank. Can't wait to be a part of the London crowd. OTS forever. It's going to be a great show, brother. I'll probably head over to the UK when AEW announces their show, man. I've never been over there. Francisco with the $5 Super Chat. I honestly think Bray is going to stay a while, stay away while Vince is messing with his creative. That's why all we see are replays of Bray and not of him in person. It's amazing. No reports of Vince being backstage tonight. And I do absolutely agree and believe Bray Wyatt's creative is being fucked with by Vince McMahon. Alvernon Singleton becomes a new member. Mr. Singleton, what the fuck are you drinking? Thank you so much, man. You are going to be in my mother's basement. What the fuck, boy? With a four ninety nine and a one ninety nine. I think WWE was just trying to play up Royal Rumble with the title for Cody Rhodes to win. They didn't do Cody favors with the number thirty entry. I think Cody Rhodes wins. Roman Reigns takes a break. LA Knight and Liv need WrestleMania matches. 
Liv Morgan is probably not going to get a WrestleMania match. And LA Knight, I don't think he's going to get a WrestleMania match either. Doesn't look like he fits anywhere on the card. Jamal Turney with a 499. I'm done with the Roman Reigns title run. He's ran through everyone. There's nothing left. Cody gives us new. And also, by Cody winning it, we may get the WWE title back on Monday Night Raw. Main event 81 with four months in the VIP club. Can you tell my friend why Omos sucks? Tribal Chief, please. I mean, main event, does your friend have eyeballs? Your friend must be blind. Watch the man wrestle. He sucks. I don't need to explain why he sucks. Just watch him. Watch the show. He belongs nowhere on the WrestleMania card. There's Omos. Al Tyler says LA Knight is overrated. I think Al Tyler needs to get his fucking uh, attitude in order. LA Knight is not overrated. Tony Brown with a 199. Going through something, brother. Well, Tony Brown, uh, listen, man. There was no booty meat on tonight's show, man. I know you were uh, struggling, but whatever you're going through, bro. We're here for you, man. Prayer emojis in the chat for my guy, Tony Brown. Thomas Malloy. Six months in the VIP club. Cheers to six months and many more to come. Keep up the great work, sir. Cheers. Thank you, Thomas. Montrell Rather. First off, glad you went live tonight. Great review as always, but I think Ravers Dom is happening. Kind of similar to Ric Flair being an active Hall of Famer. Going to retire. This seems similar. Maybe. L.A. Knight versus Xavier Woods, PW Insider. Oh, God. That's not a WrestleMania match. Tony Baguette with the $2 Super Chat. If Cody loses at WrestleMania, then who beats Roman? Cody. When the time is right. Doll Expert with a $20 Super Chat. Hey, JD, been watching you since you first appeared on Denkop's second channel. Love seeing how far you've come. And that was fucking eons ago. Thank you, bro. Edward Liu with a 499. If Charlotte being an android isn't bad enough, what possessed her to be a Smurf tonight? Looking forward to your mother's basement, JD. Thank you, Edward. Yeah, Charlotte looked uh, very blue tonight. Jupiter X Podcast becomes a new member. Jupiter X, what the fuck are you drinking, man? Welcome to my mother's basement. And Joseph Taylor with a $5 super chat. JD, will will you... 
Were you a fan of Ric Flair and the Four Horsemen? Yes. Were they, were, were they my favorite stable? No, th that was before my time. My favorite stables in WWE history, my top three in WWE I'm talking about. I'm not talking about WCW and the NWO. My favorite stables in WWE are Evolution, The Shield, and The Undisputed Era. I think that's all we got tonight. An early night. Anyway, guys, we're about to get out of here, man. Uh, tomorrow, you probably won't see me, man. I'm taking tomorrow off and I'm resting. Sunday, you'll see me. We'll be back in the venue for the podcast on Sunday night. Appreciate you guys hanging out tonight. Yes, the Heart Foundation was great, too. Brett, British Bulldog, Brian Pillman, the Anvil, Owen. That was a great, that was a great fucking faction, man. That was a great faction. Anyway, guys, I'm not going to be in the venue tomorrow. Brandon with the $2 Super Chat. I like Roman Reigns. He is the MVP. Thank you, Brandon. Yeah, guys, you'll see me Sunday night in the venue, man. We'll do uh, episode 468 live Sunday night. Follow me on social media, at JD from NY206. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Cameo. Links are down below in the description. If you guys are still in the chat, I would love if you hit the thumbs up. If you have not done that yet, please hit that thumbs up. Don't know why it's taking so long, man. It's like pulling teeth with you guys to hit the thumbs up. So it used to be so easy. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Continue to hit that join button. Become a channel member right here on OTS. And go check out all the other content on the channel, man. Listen, Sunday, be here. Should be a fun stream. Until then, guys, let me see those ace emojis in the chat. Let me see those Mustang emojis in the chat. Those rock on emojis in the chat. And I want to hear that music on Max. I'll see you guys Sunday night right here live. For episode 468. Pop off the script. I'll see you guys later.